Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can seem intense. Like, breakup R&B intense. I thought you said you loved the sweater that I got you. If you didn't, you could have told me. Geico makes it easy. Just go to Geico.com anytime to update or check your policy without all the extra drama. I even had a gift receipt. Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves. Home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP-hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. You've just joined the Prepper Broadcasting Network, where we promote self-reliance and independence. The views and opinions expressed are strictly those of the host or their guests. Visit us in the interactive chat room at PrepperBroadcasting.com. Welcome to the Prepping Academy. My name's Forrest, and we have Kyle. I said your name tonight. You got it right. Got it right. We are live. It's Friday night, and um, if you're over on Blog Talk Radio listening to us live, jump over to PrepperBroadcasting.com and join in over there. You can listen and join in, to, in our interactive chat room tonight. Um and I think that's about – oh, you can also call on your phone and listen in. had mm-hmm. a friend do this last week. He was traveling. And you can call. That number is 347-202-0228. And you can just sit there and listen to the phone while you're on the phone. 
listen yep. to us. You'd have to be really bored. No. Yeah, just sitting out there in the middle <laughs> of nowhere, listening to us when you watch the stars. I guess it, you wouldn't be using bandwidth. That's interesting. If you have unlimited minutes like I you yeah, know. Yeah, true. So you wouldn't be using that is it? I've never thought about that. Hey, we're live every Friday night, nine PM Eastern Standard Time. And it's always Kyle and I. Yep. Chilling. Mm-hmm. Today we got a special guest though. We do. We do. Yeah. Frank Horton's gonna come on the line in just a few minutes, but you know what time it is? We need music for this. Yeah, I keep like Star Wars, Wars or Star Wars. I said I something. Know. Alfred Hitchcock-ish. Something, something. It is uh, Kyle's Conspiracy Theory of the Week. And I know I've got at least eight to ten emails saying Kyle needs to talk about 9-11. We will do that. We do, we'll do that. Because if I go in on 9-11, it's not going to be five minutes. It's okay. going to be like a half hour. Okay. So, Kyle, what is tonight's Conspiracy Theory of the Week? It's You know what? I know at least one person listening. At least I'm assuming he's listening, but he's going to hate me tonight. Um, but, you know, all these WikiLeaks files that keep coming out, and there's a really interesting one that I came across from uh, Dr. Mitchell, Edgar Mitchell, who was, I believe, on Apollo 14. He's an astronaut. He was an astronaut. Okay. He actually walked on the moon. Um, and in this email, I'm just going to read some of this. It's uh, basically... Just says that. So your this email was leaked from WikiLeaks. Yeah, this is this is okay. actually to Podesta. Okay. From from the doctor. Uh, let me see here. It actually says that he is wanting to discuss as soon as possible the disclosure and the difference between celestials in our own solar system and the restraint by those from a non-violent contiguous universe. Basically, what he's talking about is, and there's a couple emails that discuss this, extraterrestrial life in our universe versus those in other universes. And I guess some are violent, some are nonviolent, some are very spiritual, some want to blow us up, eat us. I don't, I don't know, but it's very weird. Now, am I saying I believe it? No, I'm, I don't believe it, but it's like obviously like these guys so are talking about. So an astronaut is wanting to talk, compare. Mm-hmm. Aliens from our universe or galaxy. Yeah, apparently who he says are in contact with us. And he very highly educated, apparently. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It says he's also consulted and addressed the UN General Assembly twice. On this very ma- on different matters. Okay. Um, it says conscious matters. And, well, no, that was for American presidents. Apparently, this was on. And this was leaked in the week. I mean, really? Yeah. Yep. Very bizarre stuff. That is kind of bizarre. Why would, I mean, uh, dude, I I don't know. I mean, I mean, do you believe in aliens? I believe in aliens, but I don't believe they're aliens. I don't believe they're extraterrestrials. Okay. I think that if you look throughout man's, no, I I think if you look throughout mankind's history, I think I've said this before. I Uh think that they're the fallen angels. What came before us? What was God's original creation? I remember. Yep. And I mean, you you look at these so-called gods, half gods, whatever you want to call them, throughout the ages, manipulating mankind. What did they typically have? They had advanced technology. Hmm. You know, and that's what today in our modern age we look at them and we say, well, they're aliens. Back then they looked at them and they said, well, this is Zeus. He cast lightning bolts down, and you know, 
Whatever. But I do give you that is kind of weird for an astronaut that's walked on the moon, very highly educated, wanting to compare aliens from our galaxy or yeah. Earth. To well, other, that is kind of weird. And that to, is, me that, to me, though, that makes and sense. And why hasn't that come out before, and why was it hidden in email? Well, think about this. interesting. To me, that kind of makes sense, because if you look at the Bible. Yeah, they want to hide that. We got well, a astronaut that went crazy. Think of it this way. Okay. What percentage of the angels were cast out of heaven and then were cast down to the earth? A third. Okay, so let's say a third of those are in our galaxy. Let's say all the rest of the angels are outside our galaxy. I mean, what of that? wonder if these... Celestials, or whatever he calls them, are actually you still have the two thirds good angels, and then here you have all the bad ones. That's just crazy. It is. It's very weird, but it's it's interesting that they don't disclose stuff like that. I mean, maybe they do want to. You're supposed to bring about. conspiracy theories that you believe. Hey, let's take a quick break. Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. I do tend to kind of lean okay. towards there's something, but I just don't lean towards there's little or tall green men. They're trying uh-huh. to help us all. So did you, how did your conversation go this week with Alex Jones? Uh, you know what? We actually <laughs> Skyped this week. We actually sat there and ate a bowl of popcorn across from each other. Okay. We talked about the Cubs. Okay. About, yeah. Oh, the Cubs? Oh, yeah, the Cubs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know that hell is frozen over. It is. Because the Cubs are in the World Series. You, you, you know what we always say whenever we're in Chicago? If the Cubs ever win, it's a true sign the end of the world's coming. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You're from Chicago? Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, it's it's sad <laughs> that we have the best pizza in the world. It's sad that we have... And the, the most deaths tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually probably very true, unfortunately. Um, you know, it wasn't always like that. I mm-hmm. uh, give credit to Mayor Daly. But um, that's very... So that's Kyle's conspiracy theory. Hey, if you guys have a conspiracy theory you want him to touch on, which 9-11, people are just wanting. We will get there next week. I came that's in like, unprepared for that gosh. tonight. and sprung that on me. So we will. That's but so, it's, it's deep. There's there's a lot of so, different angles. There is. And it's so, it just makes your mind hurt when you start thinking about it. Everybody's throwing up building number seven and all that. I mean, we're not going to go there. But anyway, so next week. We we need a conspiracy theory that Kyle believes. You I know tell you, what? I tell you what. Maybe I can hit. Maybe we'll do nine eleven. Then maybe we'll go ahead and do the Boston bombings. And then after that, we can do Sandy Hook. How about that? Oh my word! I'm gonna make your head explode. That will that will absolutely make my head explode. Goodness. Okay, we're gonna wrap that up. That's that's enough time <laughs> on your wacky you and Alex Jones. And what's the one guy that has the um the night show that you listen to? Oh Hagman or no 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 George Norrie. Yeah. Uh, coast to coast. Yeah, you listen to him every night, don't you? No, no. I don't. I don't have time. I, I typically pass out earlier. <laughs> okay. Getting pass old out. like you. Oh. No. Yeah. Extreme alcoholism. I've been drinking a lot lately. Okay. Got you. <laughs> well, tonight we have a special guest. I met this guy at Prepper Camp, um, which was in Saluda. 
I guess it was a month ago or so, a little over a month ago. He um, has written many books, um, and I met him, great guy, down to earth. And I wanted him to come on the show and tell us about his books and a little bit about himself and then get some insight on 9-11. No. (laughs) (laughs) But tonight we have Franklin Horton with us, and um, he is – I mean, I spent time with this guy. He's pretty pretty decent guy. So anyway, Franklin, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Awesome. How you doing? Doing great. I'm just enjoying the conspiracy theory talk. Yeah, we usually do that the first few minutes, and I sit here and make fun of Kyle, and and he has some weird ones, and some of the big biggest ones yet he's yet to bring up, like chemtrails, and but anyway. Yeah, just because you're such a non-believer, you're such a conformist that it's whatever, <clears throat> whatever. But Franklin, um, it was awesome spending time with you at Prepper Camp. Um, you were sitting there uh, with your books, and I'm, I went by you, and I'm like, you know, I haven't read your book yet, and I felt kind of bad. But since then, I've read your books. I've read That's good. One. I appreciate that. I, I finished one, and I got this weekend as a an, kind of an off weekend, and I'm going to read the next one. So um, Ashes of the Unspeakable, I guess the name of it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all about gloom and doom titles. Yeah. So, um, so you – Seems like all the the shows I go to, you're you're promoting your book. You're people know you in the prepping world. People enjoy your book. So tell us a little bit about yourself and where you grew up. Well, I'm from southwestern Virginia. Uh, grew up in this area. Moved around a little bit. Lived in Richmond for a couple years and. Uh, went to Detroit for a couple of years, which is where I got a lot of my post-apocalyptic experience because that was uh, that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, but since that time, I've moved back to Southwest Virginia, and it's just a nice uh, kind of rural area where you can hide out and write books and uh, kind of keep to yourself. Uh, but <clears throat> I was a big reader as a kid. Uh, really enjoyed books like The Stand and uh, I Am Legend, some of those early mm-hmm. uh, books that were about, you know, the last guy on Earth or, you know, Apocalypse or whatever. And so I was just always interested in writing and uh, kind of got my start then, uh, but just never really had any luck until I started writing about the things that I really enjoyed, which were post-apocalyptic stories. Right, Okay. Well, you know, I actually remember an interview you did with, I think it was Bobby. Yeah. And, and in the interview, you said that you were you wrote books before that weren't in this genre before. What I mean, you were in what books were you, you written? I forgot three or four books before. And yeah, what was, it was. Go it ahead. Was, uh, you know, I was an English major in college. This is what I always wanted to do. Uh, and, you know, that qualifies you for absolutely nothing in the world. <laughs> it, you know, I got one job because of my English degree, and that was from another guy who had an English degree and felt sorry for me. So he, he gave me the job, but that's the only job that ever helped me get. Uh, and, you know, the big thing was I, I went and got an English degree because I really thought that would help, that that's what you did to become a writer. 
Okay. But it was just one of those snooty kind of things where, you know, they wanted you to write poems or literary fiction or something like that. And I think it really sent me down the wrong track because I tried to write the kind of books that English majors were supposed to write and just never had any luck with them. And I actually wrote seven novels uh, that just weren't any good, and they're never going to see the light of day. <laughs> they weren't any good. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But it was, a, it was a learning experience still because, I mean, it taught you, you know, about structure and about, you know, how you take an idea and stretch it into 100,000 words because, you know, a lot of people come up and say, well, I have an idea for a book. But it's the process of stretching that into page after page after page and, and making people engage with it that is, you know, the the difficult part. Right, yeah. And so you got started in writing um, books about end times, doomsday. Do you have any background or when you started, did you have any background or were you kind of making it up as you go? Well, you know, I've had a bad run with trying to get published. I had submitted hundreds of times the novels that I'd written, and I have wallpapers worth of rejection slips. And so I'd quit writing. And this friend of mine from high school and I were talking about it, and he's like, what are you writing anymore? And I said, well, I've quit writing. I've given up, sick of it, don't even want to talk about it, let's talk about something else. But At the same time, in my day job, I was having to travel a lot. I was having to go from my home to Richmond, Virginia, uh, two or three times a month, which was about 325 miles each way. So this was during the early 2000s. So you had 9-11. You had the period where they had the D.C. sniper. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you had Hurricane Katrina. So I spent a lot of time on these drives by myself thinking, well, you know, if something crazy happens when I get to Richmond and if there was something that happened that I couldn't drive home, how would I get home? So I started developing a get-home plan for myself, and I guess that was kind of my prepper genesis, you know. So when I decided I was going to try to write again, I started writing about the process that I was going through of figuring out how I was going to get home, what gear I would take, and my background was in backpacking. So okay. I took that backpacking background and, you know, you take a hillbilly backpacker who's already got that, you know, background <laughs> in, uh, you know, guns and survival and all that business, and you put a little prepping into it. It's a perfect combination. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And actually, you just, not to be a spoiler, but you just kind of described your first few chapters of your book as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I you know, I'm pretty open about that. That that's uh-huh. what happens in that in that book is that it's about the guy's uh, experience and his process. And you yep. know, he he is not always a likable character. He's like a lot of people that you struggle with trying to be nice, but also to get done what you want to get done. And that's part of his journey in this book is trying to go from, you know, being the guy that has a plan to get himself home safely, but also trying to be nice and be accommodating. He wasn't trying to be very nice. No, he wasn't. I identified with him very well. Um, 
at some situations that were going on. But so the character, we're not going to talk about every single detail, but um, your character was at his gym, right? Was in right. Rich, J- Richmond away from his family. And that's when kind of all hell broke loose. And yeah, the basis for the book is a coordinated terror attack. There uh-huh, was an yeah. ISIS attack on the infrastructure of the country, and they hit uh, fuel refineries, mm-hmm. electrical grid interconnects, uh, some of the earthen dams in the country. And uh, it starts what you call a cascading systems failure, and the guys basically wake up to no power and an executive order that restricts fuel sales to first responders so they can't get home. They can't right. drive home. And Craig, what was the lady that was given that he just absolutely hated? Because I've learned from this that you just want to you just want to get rid of that person from the beginning. You just don't even want them to ride in the car with you at all. Yeah, that's Lois. <laughs> Lois, yes. And so, because w- when they went to the truck stop, which was matter of fact, I was um, earlier. <laughs> I, you know, I was just listening um, for Kyle to because you're, you're the narrator. The guy that reads it is the guy that has um, some of the books that we love. Is the same um, guy that um, reads them, and I was letting him listen to his voice and how he's doing and he um I think he did the days of Noah. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Pierce. That's his Yeah, name. Kevin Pierce. Yes. He is awesome. I love it. When any book that he does, I love to listen to it because he's really good. He but is. um but this book it really um the truck stop really threw me and it was um that was I mean that's when it was getting real. And um you know I don't want to tell everybody everything but it was it it it's so it's so what you've done is is you've taken your real life experience and put it into a book, put some characters in there. And the the the, the most fascinating thing is the book that Jim has put together. Yeah, for, you for know, his family. I, people ask me about that a lot. And the reason that came about is in my daily job, I'm a facility manager and uh so one of the things that I have to do is we operate some larger buildings, so I have to make operational manuals for those buildings, you know, where the electrical shutoffs are, where the water shutoffs are, where, you know, emergency supplies are. So I started thinking, you know, if you've got a guy who does this for a living, he might do this for his family at home, especially right. if he's preaching to them about, you know, this is how you run the generator, and he thinks they're just kind of rolling their eyes and going, yeah, Dad, we understand so uh, he made a book to actually walk them through each process in case he was away from home and they had to do it without him. Yeah, and that was I mean because you know me as an instructor in in the industry, one one of the things that I tell people you got to put you got to have things written down, you got to have an action plan, you've got to um, because a lot of wives, like my wife and Kyle's wife, are not they're they're in but they're not all in that they're going to read our book and study it and go through the drills but in this in this this this, i love this part of it because um jim put this book together step by step and she started reading it like it was okay this is what i have to do she knew that she had to do it and it would it would save her life you know see i've I've thought about doing that a lot of times Mm -hmm. but then my wife watches a little walking dead so I feel like she'd be pretty well set. I mean, she, the disturbing stuff that I think is really disturbing, and I'm like, no, I want to quit. She's like, no, I need to keep watching. I'm like, well, good. There you go. Okay, so well, she'll be great at killing. But how, does yeah. she know how to get the generator out and things I, like I that? I don't know. But if you need someone to hit someone over the head with a baseball bat, <laughs> she'll probably be great at it. That's sad. That's, that's 
that's just weird. It is that you're saying that about your wife. <laughs> but um, but that that was I mean, what I tell a lot of um, preppers when I teach is, you know, these books, yeah, they're make believe. Yeah, you can't. But there's so much you can learn from it. I mean, it puts you in the environment of when something happens, and that book that 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 she has that Jim put together will actually, in a sense, saves their lives mm-hmm. and gets – go ahead. Oh, yeah, exactly, because uh, <clears throat> that's what he was thinking, was he was thinking back on specific instances where he had done things like hooked the generator up and tried to explain to his wife and kids, now this is how you do it if you ever have to. But, you know, he's never quite sure that they're actually listening. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why that book, I mean, and it just, because you can, people can imagine when they read your book and they, and they read that, they will go, you know what, that book is more important than what I've been given it credit. Um, and you can, you can see the reasons why, because as they're going through it, it, it literally, it, it was, I don't know, that's, I really enjoyed that part. I like the planning part for sure. So, um, so I finished that book. Yeah. And a, and it was awesome. So, you know, i got to read the next book immediately. And so I'm going to start Perfect. it this week, start this weekend. Um, and this Ashes of the Unspeakable, is that yeah, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So this yeah. is a trilogy that I'm reading, correct? It's a trilogy at this point, but I'm writing the fourth book right now. It's called No Time for Morning. Okay. And, and uh, it's, probably going to be released in December if everything stays on schedule. Okay. Well, I can't wait to get to the next one. So we have a mutual friend. His name is Chin. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, it, he is in the – has he showed – he didn't show up in book one. Is that correct? No, he shows up in a spinoff book called Locker Nine. Oh, yeah, okay. Was, yeah, Locker Nine is uh, – after I wrote these books, people would start talking to me a lot about their prepping needs and their prepping situations. And one of the things I was hearing a lot was people talking about, well, I have a kid in college or I have a kid that lives two cities away and a concern about how to get them home. So Locker 9 was a book I wrote about a prepper dad whose daughter was starting college and the preparations he made to try to get her home if a disaster ever occurred. So it was kind of a spinoff of this same terror attack situation that's in the borrowed world, but it's about a different group of characters. It's like The Walking okay. Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead. <laughs> gotcha. Kyle's going to be reading that next then. Yeah, but so, Chen um, is in that book. Yeah, so Chen, so our, we have a goal. We've got to get Chen eliminated in these books. <laughs> I you left remember? room to bring Chin back. Uh, he he has a bit part in there, but there is room <laughs> for him to show up again, so we can make that happen. Yeah. So, so hopefully Chin doesn't you know come across some fateful character <laughs> like on The Walking Dead with a baseball bat and you know, get a fateful end. Chin was on our show a few weeks ago, and we talked about Prepper Camp, and I thought he'd be a good candidate since he was he was all over that place. But um, yeah, I've become real good friends with him, and he's in the chat room now, and he is um. He said he came back from I forgot who we were interviewed. Who we interviewed was that um, Alan Kay, and we talked about him and how we were trying to get Chin eliminated from all the books he's in because he's in several books. So anyway, he's a social guy. 
Yeah, he is. He's a great guy. But um, I figured there was some money exchanged, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't um, sold any parts yet, but if there's a market for that, I'll I'll be exploring that. Oh yeah, we could buy a part in his. <laughs> hey, book. you know what? That that sounds like a great uh, great way to get a sponsor endorsement or something. Oh yeah. Like that. Well, you know, I, when I met Bill Fortune at Prepper Camp, he looked at me. and Goes, you know, Forrest, you're gonna write my next book, and that was the one year after, mm-hmm. because if you remember the Forrest guy. In that book was the you know the bad mamma jamma. You remember the expert? You didn't read that book yet, no. did you? Uh, you don't. Goodness gracious, I, I read more books than Kyle even looks at in a year. So, well, Kyle, you read? Yeah, I do. Okay, can you? Yeah, Doctor Seuss. Doctor Seuss. So, um, so you've written how many um, end of the world doomsday books have you written to this point? Well, the Borrowed World series, like I said, has three in it. Currently, there's Ashes of Unspeakable was the second book, and then Legion of Despair, keeping in that gloom and doom title role, is mm-hmm. the third one. And uh, then I have Locker Nine, which uh, was the beginning of a new series, just came out in September, and I'm working on that uh, No Time for Morning right now. And kind of what happens as you start writing these is those first books are very nuts and bolts about, you know, prepping tips and including some actual things that people could implement. But then after the characters start to take on more life, then people want to know more about them. So the books, as they move on, start to deal with some bigger issues and more of the mindset and the things that happen after the initial disaster. It's about that, how you continue to thrive after you've survived. Uh, So that's what begins to happen in the second and third and fourth book. So what would you tell people that have never read like a doomsday or a prepper book or survival book? How could this help them in their mindset or their daily preps? Well, it's completely about that mindset issue because, you know, you can, when you prepare by storing food and storing ammunition or getting weapons training or whatever, you're, you're preparing yourself uh, with 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 physical goods and with skills. But the thing that you don't always take into account is preparing in advance for how you're going to deal with certain situations. And that's what the books help you do. They help you explore. Uh, I remember the first time I read one of Angry Americans books, and they're talking about, you know, turning children away from the door, uh, which, you know, they struggled with. And, uh, So they decided not to turn the children away, but instead give them food. And it turned out that these children were kind of the advance party of a group of bad guys exploring to see who had food. So people who gave the children food then in turn got raided for the food that they had. So, you know, these books help you explore these different situations and try to think in advance, well, is this a good thing to do or a bad thing to do? Uh, One of the things that, that this character Jim draws back on a lot through these first two books is uh, is his grandfather because he's trying to mm-hmm. to be tough and he's trying to to make the hard decisions and the hard calls and he he draws a lot on his grandfather who was loosely based on my grandfather but but not completely uh, who had survived the Spanish flu epidemic of 1918 and lost most of his family and kind of became the man of the house at a very young age, at age 11. 
So he keeps remembering that his grandfather had always told him, you know, you have to be hard in life to to get by. You know, the soft people get eaten alive. And he keeps hearing that voice in his head a lot as he's he's going through these tough situations. And uh, it was all about the the mindset and about keeping himself in that survival mindset. Yep. Now, Jim's wife was pretty tough in this book, which surprised me. But I would like to see her face at one point when – some of the, the the stuff went down on the farm there, um, yeah. where the grandfather was there, and because she was expecting the grandfather to be just this kind of a wimpy kind of guy, I think I would have loved to seen her face when you know the, the, the it all went down and he was just really calm and cool and collect about it. So at least that's the way I imagined it. So yeah, that's um that is that's good. That is exactly one of the 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 reasons I wanted to have you on here. One, it's a great book. Two, is that the mindset. People read like how-to books all the time. They, they, I mean, how many ways can you start a fire? Okay, well, just go practice them. But the biggest thing, like Alan Kay said, is mindset is, what did he say, 90% or 9 I mean, it was high. It, mindset is everything because if, 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 if you go through the situation at the truck stop, some people would actually turn into – a just in a feeble position and just never come out of that, you know, and you got to have the mindset of, listen, it's me or, or someone else. And, you know, it may come to that, but if you don't have the mindset, go ahead. If you look at disasters that occur, you know, there's no telling who is going to survive a disaster. You can't go off body size. You can't go off gender. You can't go off skills. You know, sometimes these, Little bitty, you know, tiny old ladies are the ones who pull through because their head is in the right place. You know, it's it's that is the strongest, just like Alan said, that is the strongest determinant of who is going to pull through a situation. Right. Yep. Um, so what we're going to do, um, Franklin, we're going to take a, a commercial break and we'll be back with some more questions from maybe some people from our chat room, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay, we'll be right back. We have exciting news. You can now afford to have your own freeze dryer. That's right. For the first time ever, it's possible to have a freeze dryer in your home. It was invented right here in America by HarvestRite. With this new appliance, you can freeze dry your own food, and it will last 25 years. Imagine freeze drying fruit, vegetables, meat, and your own homemade meals. It's as easy to use as a microwave. Learn more about this amazing home freeze dryer at HarvestRite.com. Again, that's HarvestRite.com. Prepper's Asylum is the premier preparedness outfitter. They carry in stock and ship direct the products you're looking for. MREs, freeze-dried food, Kelly kettles, water filtrates, first aid and trauma kits, stoves, personal protection, self-defense supplies, and more. Prepper's Asylum are people just like you and I. Find what you're looking for and use promo code PBN at checkout to receive 10% off. That's promo code PBN for 10% off at PreppersAsylum.com. 
TheWonderMill.com, the best grain mills on the market, with the ability to mill several items that many grain mills will not. There are two grain mills to choose from, the WonderMill Electric. It's fast and gives you a vast variety of items it can grind. The Wonder Junior Hand Grain Mill can grind a wide variety of things that even some of the most expensive hand grain mills cannot, including oily grains, nuts, and seeds. Learn more about the most resourceful tool that you may ever own. See all the exciting things that WonderMill can do for you and what you eat at thewondermill.com. Hey guys, thanks for that. Um, hey, um, you're listening to the Prepping Academy. I'm Forrest Kyle. We want you to um, step over to our website, preppingacademy.com. We're actually having a giveaway. We're giving away a SunJack solar panel, a 20 watt solar panel. We're giving away a tack uh, bar, um, which is an ammo can with some, what do you call them, ration bars and a survival kit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a Sawyer mini water filter. Go over there. You'll see it at prepping, uh, preppingacademy.com. You'll see a you know enter button. What you what that does is it in, enters you in to our mailing list, and we will randomly draw and give uh, give the prizes out. Kyle is absolutely just sitting across the table, just looking at me. Mm-hmm. Um, so go over to preppingacademy.com. And enter in to win. Um, and also, coming November 18th, we have Angry American, which is Chris. He was on a loan. I recall him. And you recall him. And he's written some, some the Going Home series books. So, another author in about, what's that, three weeks? Yeah. Three weeks. And again, we have Franklin on the phone with us. And Franklin and I, we are best friends because we met each other at Prepper Camp for like an hour. <laughs> Did you, you say the same thing to Alan last week? Yeah, You're a lot of best friends. <laughs> well, I tell you what, um, I, I really enjoyed. He was right down the um, Franklin. You were right down tents, I and mean, you, if you notice, I kept going in there talking to you because I love I love books, and I want to you know when you know an author of a book, it just makes things different. You know, it just oh, it does. And you know, Chris was supposed to be there with me. We were supposed to share a booth. But he had a family emergency and had to. He had actually come to Prepper Camp and had to turn around and go back home, all the way to Florida. So it just didn't work out for him. Oh yeah, there, it was the who's who's on that there. I mean, Alan Kay like stayed behind you in a tent, and the winner of the yeah, alone. I could have sold his tent several times. There were more people asking about his tent than anything else. It was a what do they call him a TP kind of looking thing. I forgot. It was what a it was. yurt, I believe. Yeah. Oh, nice. So it was it was a lot of fun. It was a great weekend. And um, oh, a, a question, Kyle and I were just talking uh, you know, before the show, and Kyle was like, you know, I'm a decent writer. I, I should maybe write. Yeah, I, I, I go back and forth. There's times I think about it. You that's write actually cons- originally what I, what I went to school for was to get my English major, and then I just said, yeah, forget yeah, it. Yeah, and that's why you've been in retail for 15 years. 17. <laughs> 17. <laughs> I relate. <laughs> he like yeah. English majors. Oh, don't you wish there was a sign when you walked on the college campus? These are the jobs that English major would will potentially have. No. Yeah. No. Um, we, we we whenever you're younger, you have that fantasized idea of becoming a writer, and then yeah, and reality sets in. You're like, what the heck mm-hmm. am I going to do with this? Yep. Yeah, but you know what's changed is uh, Amazon has made it easier than ever. Because even five years ago, 
you could not have done what I did with these books. Uh, you know, what changed is the ability to publish to Kindle directly because years ago you had to have an agent because publishers wouldn't look at mm. uh, submissions that weren't agented. So, uh, you know, they had this system that locked out, you know, 99.9% of most people. And now you can publish to Kindle directly for just about free. So uh, it's the wow. best time it's ever been. So, Kyle, you could write about conspiracy theories. Hmm. Uh, yeah, no. No? No, okay. There's, there's already enough guys doing that. Okay. I think it's good. So um, what motivates you in, in your writing? Um, is it to that you know you're affecting the readers on the other end? Or you just is it a release for you? What is the your motivation for writing these books? Well, I think uh, that that there is a certain kind, and it could be a mental illness, but there is a certain kind of mindset <laughs> that that enjoys writing. I think writers are to some extent born with a certain type of structure in their mind that makes this a uh, an enjoyable activity for them. I mean, you, you learn to build worlds and to enjoy building those worlds and thinking of all the little details and playing out scenarios. And uh, I enjoy the act of writing, but I also enjoy that this is real world stuff for me. This is stuff that I'm interested right. in and stuff that I enjoy researching. Uh, you know, I, like I said earlier, I've always enjoyed backpacking and camping so to me, that is the ultimate prepper research. You know, that's a chance to test your gear and to test, you know, that you can actually sleep without electricity and a nightlight on and all that business. So it's a great prepper practice. Yeah, well, um, I'm looking in the chat room, and, of course, Chen is in there. And he, of course, he has a question. And from sure. him, it's just like a dumb question from him. I'm really so disappointed in him. What must you have in your car, your get-home bag? I mean, that's so he basic. To, he wants to know, just entertain him. He gets, I guess, I mean, you, you kind of, does Jim go through what he has in his car, in his backpack, in the book? We know he doesn't in detail. He pulls okay. a lot of things out of there, but I don't build a list. And the reason I don't is because when people ask me what should I have in my get a home bag or my bug out bag or whatever, my answer is always, well, you know, first you really have to decide, is it a bug out bag or is it a get a home bag? You know, you have to have a bag that's shaped to your situation and to your season, uh, to the distances you have to walk, to whether you can carry a weapon or not carry a weapon. So, you know, it has to be very specific to your situation. So I always encourage people to, you know, take a look at, at what you expect out of that bag you know i have a certain bag that i take with me to work every day and that is the gear to get me home from my job if something crazy happens while i'm there if i'm right. traveling i have a basic kit that i take with me but then i may add to that depending on whether i'm going to a gun-friendly state or a non-gun-friendly state or you know how much walking i'm going to have to do uh, so you really have to shape them to to what the situation is Right, that is so true. Um, that's why I have a mine's a modular system. I think Kyle has the same from an EDC to a get home to a bug out bag, and they're yeah, precisely and they're all modular. They fit together, 
but yet they can also be used individually as well. Yeah. I kind of thought, you know, should the day ever come and, you know, hopefully I don't ever get shot at, but if I need to run, I can grab my core stuff and that's easier to run with and run them with 75 pounds, you know. Oh yeah. His bug out bag is like a truck. So <coughs> you, you probably never listened to our radio. His, his like 75 pounds, but he practices with it and he walks with it. So I'm like, well, did that today. Fine. Um, that's yeah, that crazy. ability to put it on and stand up with it is important. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you got to practice. Um, so, um, well, what's in the future for you? Writing more books? I know you travel to a lot of shows and you autograph and you're so um, accessible at these, at these camps and shows. Um, so what's in the future for you? Well, you know, I I try to do some writing events to learn more about writing and to become a better writer and to be able to market my books better. But I enjoy the prepping stuff really well because it's a good chance to meet people. And, you know, these are the people that I get along with and the people that I enjoy socializing with and the people that I enjoy discussing things with. So those are the people I like to hang out with, you know. It's like you were talking about at Prepper Camp. It was you know, business, but it was also a big social gathering, and that that part of it was a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, I'm going to be doing uh, some stuff at Heritage Life Skills. I don't know if... Uh, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, Carolina Readiness puts that on in April, and I'm going to be doing that. I uh, hope to be back at Prepper Camp again next year. I also do some smaller events at uh, preparedness stores and bookstores, you know, that are kind of local to me. Um, always glad to come talk to people and sign books and uh, just, you know, talk prepping, basically. Yep, okay. And you say you're in. You're going to write another book that's going to possibly be out in December. Um, what, yeah, what I'm, I'm kind ahead. of a slave driver on myself. I, since this is working right now and people are interested in these books, I'm trying to do three a year. Uh, so I did one this year that came out in the spring, and then I released in late summer, Locker 9. Going to do the fourth in the Borrowed World series, No Time for Morning. Uh, Going to have that out in December, and that's pretty firm. I mean, it may be toward the end of December, but that's pretty locked-in date. Uh, that's going to be followed up by a second in this Locker 9 series, which may be, you know, the death of Chin. That could even be the yes. subtitle for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so I do have plans for, you know, this these series to continue. I don't want to go on too far because, you know, some of the books that if you go on 10 or 15 books, that can be too long, you know. I, I want the story to die fresh. Uh, so, you know, I expect that after it reaches five or six books, I'll go on to something else. Okay. Awesome. Um, so, Kyle, you got any questions? I mean, here's a, here's a guy that's been successful writing, man. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, none that are really – there's a broad variety of questions that you ask. Nothing that's really coming to my mind right now. Um, um, well, well, someone asked in the locker room. You've already a- answered the question. Um, will Locker 9 have a sequel? You said yes. Will it have Yeah, I don't radios? have a title for it yet, but it will yeah. be uh, – I'm going to start writing that one after the holidays and expect that it will probably be out in uh, – Early spring. And um, will it be in audio by December? Because that's I, I, a lot of the books I'll read in audio or listen to in audio. Yeah, yeah Just, you know, I try to 
I try the best that I can to kind of coordinate those releases. You, you don't have a lot of control with okay. ACX, which is the Audible uh, provider, uh, because they do a review process that can be anywhere from five days to 15 days. So sometimes that throws your schedule off a little bit. But I always try to have the audio out as close as I can to when the uh, print book and the ebook are coming out because the audio has a huge following. Uh, it's the closest thing you can get to a movie of the book at this point. Okay. And how can people um, find your books, find you? Because you're very accessible. I know that you're a member of the Carolina Prepper Network. I think I invited you or something. Or You did. And, you did. And people, I mean, you, you post your own, your own social media. People can ask you questions, make suggestions. So tell people how you, they can do that with you. I'm on Facebook. Uh, people can access me on Facebook. I'm always uh, pretty quick to respond to messages and uh, answer any questions people have about the books. I also have a website, franklinhorton.com, uh, that has links to all my books, and it also has a section about some of the gear that people frequently ask about that are in the books. Uh, I'm on Twitter, which, you know, is not something that I'm – uh, do as frequently as Facebook, but you know, if you uh, go to the website, you can also sign up for my mailing list that includes all the updates on my books. So that's a good way to uh, keep up with what I'm doing and uh, anywhere that I might be. But Facebook is pretty much my go-to way of communicating with people. Right. Oh, awesome. Well, Franklin, I cannot wait to listen to this next book this weekend, and I appreciate you coming on. I thank you for being a member of the Carolina Preppers Network as well and responding to some of my dumb posts and and um, and others. And it's just it, it, it's really I mean you you write you, your books are really good, and people need for that is a prepping thing you need to do is get the right mindset, and your books help for sure. And well, I so, appreciate that, Forrest, and I appreciate you guys having me because I I love doing this kind of thing and getting to talk to people, and it was great to meet you at Prepper Camp. So I yeah, it was awesome. There next year. Yeah, and um, hey, we're going to have your friend, Angry American Chris, on in a few weeks, and I'm sure your name will come up there as well. But thanks for taking time out and being with us this evening, and um, and we'll I'll put links to your website and to your books on our on my website so people can go and purchase your book. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, you take care. Thanks a lot. You too. See ya. And see ya. Wow. Dude, that was cool. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I, just meeting him at Pepper Camp was pretty awesome. And, and, and I knew I liked, liked his books because I've heard – I've had at least 30, 40 people ask me, have you read this series yet? You've read – and I was going through the Days of Noah at the time right before Pepper Camp. And um, so it was um, – I don't know. That's pretty cool. I, I don't know. I'm a big fan of people that can write a book and get published and sell a lot of books. And um, so maybe one day you can do that. Maybe if there's time, you know, you could do, there's, there's not total you could do economic like, collapse and all that goodness. Run Kevin run. Yeah. I mean, run, so, run Hillary run. Yeah. So um, you could do a book yeah. like that. Um, so what we, we have 10 minutes left and we wanted to, Talk about some things people can actually do to be better preppers. What you got in mind? Oh, what, what, okay, let's go through this. What did you buy this week? Because we kind of dropped the ball on that. Oh, goodness. What did you buy this week? 
that uh, what did Kyle purchase this week? Bug out bag stuff. Well, tell us one 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 item you bought this week. That, that for your prepping and preparedness. Uh, I bought more potassium iodide pills, which I did find out the solid ones don't expire. This, okay, okay, for like radiation. Yeah. Okay. So they have expiration dates. Did you do that because my class we did the last prepper. I, mean, I, I had them years and years okay. ago. Matter of fact, the ones I have actually expire. They like expire. This month. Well, it says they expire, but from all the research I did, they don't actually expire. Okay. So, potassium. Tell people why you would need them. Uh, in case of any sort of like nuclear fallout, maybe from an attack or something where you know your nuclear facility, which I mean that can happen in everyday life. Earthquake happens and reactors melt down and fallout comes and you need to uh, saturate your pituitary gland with uh, potassium iodide to keep the radioactive iodine. From so it washes it out of your system. Um, it, it doesn't so much wash it out as it basically absorbs into your gland in order to prevent the radioactive iodine from getting in there and poisoning you. Okay. And so you bought more of that. I did. Okay. That was a good buy. That was good buy. And that was mm-hmm. the one thing you picked that yep. you bought. I am going to say some subsonic 22 ammo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge 22 fan. And so that's that's going to be my. That's what you bought. That's what I bought. 22 ammo because I we've gone through this before. If if four people are coming to attack you. Why would you waste two thousand rounds of two two three when you could use twenty two when you have a lot more rounds of that? Yeah, but you gotta be so close. So close. So close. No, you don't. You get a hundred yards. Do. You can still. Oh. No, at a hundred yards, the 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 bullet drop on one of those is gonna be ridiculous. Oh goodness gracious! But anyway, that's what that's what I purchased this week, and I'm glad I did. So, what's something? That um, from taken from the mindset from from the books that we've because we that's two off well one author one winner of the show we we've been focusing on mindset people are like well we need practical things that we can learn from your show do you not think mindset is one of the most practical things they have to be ready for it is they you know so many people you come across that have a really disturbing mindset and. Yeah. One of the one of the biggest things is paranoia. I mean, we talk about conspiracies. And, you know, I I love conspiracy theories. They're interesting for me to read. They have a historical context. They kind of yeah, maybe predict a little bit what might happen in the future. Different scenarios you can you know prepare for. But then there's some people who just get so paranoid that it's like they're going to go into that panic room and they're just going to turn into a skeleton in there. Like they're not going to come out. And right. What was that movie you went to see not too long ago? Oh, um, 10 Cloverfield Lane? Yes. Okay. And, and that just reminds me, like, I didn't want to go see it, but it reminds me of that sort of mindset. We're just going to have someone's, the, their their fear and their paranoia just seal them up. Well, he, he built a bunker, and he was well prepared for sure. And this is why we talk about the meetups and the mm-hmm. groups and making sure that you actually get out there and you meet like-minded people. That way you realize when the crap hits the fan – you're not the only sane person left in the world. You actually have a support group right. that mm-hmm. you can get out there and, and, and meet. So that's why, you know, mindset's really important. You don't want to be the guy who's just bat, you know what, crazy and, you know, locked into his bunker. Well, you, you just know there's there are some preppers that have every skill possible. 
They have they have years worth of food or what you know everything. And when if they experience one of their family members maybe get shot or something, what's going to happen? I, it's hard, that's hard to prepare for. Yeah. But that could completely change that person's life. He could go and crawl in a hole and just all the skills, everything else, and the rest of his family could suffer from it. Mm-hmm. And not that these books are going to help you through that, but it starts, I think it starts getting you thinking of, of things that can happen and how you would react to them. Yeah. And what I mean, people deal with death in different ways. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It might be you. It might be your son, your daughter, your wife, mm-hmm. your nephew, whatever it might be. It's going to happen eventually. And if it's not in the context of, you know, hospice care, it might be in the context of something that might happen in one of these books. It doesn't hurt to start mentally preparing yourself for right. those things. And, and like Alan said, and I think Franklin would say, mindset is one of the biggest keys, without a doubt. Yeah. And yeah, there's, so, a, there's a lot of things. It, it amazes me even now, and it's not even just in a prepping context, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of things that mentally I'm prepared for. And there's other things that just come up on a daily basis. I'm like, whoa, shoot. I never planned for You're that. Right. I'm like, ah, crap. Uh-huh. But it's it's important. Yes, and so that's why we had we you know we we um, had Franklin on. We're having um, Angry American on because they the, the one of the best ways to start thinking about some things that were happen is reading some of these books. And so is that a pre, is that a skill? Yes. Well, you pick up little nuggets mm-hmm. here and there. And then, yep. I mean, what were some of the things you picked up from his book? His book was the book that he wrote, the um, Jim wrote for his wife and family, like a how-to guide because mm-hmm. he was gone. They had no communications. And he wrote in the book, hey, you remember when I did this and this and this? And they were like, oh, yeah, we got to do that. And they started doing things. And you can see in the book um, from, from, the, from what he wrote in that book that he put together – it saved their lives. So, I mean, if you if he wouldn't have written it down and she wouldn't have gone to it, and she went to it too, with a which is an attitude that I really liked. It was like, okay, here's the book. This is what we got to do. Yeah. I mean, she didn't question the thing. She just. I mean, did it's it. no different. Like, what what would happen if something happened to you tomorrow financially? I'm sure your wife has plans. Like, hey, X Y Z needs to be taken care of first mm-hmm. thing, and then okay, well, this takes care of the house. This takes mm-hmm. care of cards. You're good to go. Right. It's the same thing with prepping. Yep. So that is a skill. And, and I know the, the, you know, we've done like the 101, 102, 103 of how to, you know, I think we did four too. Yeah. And, and part of it is too, is these are people that you came across with Prepper Camp. This is a really good opportunity, not just for them to kind of promote themselves, but also for you guys to get exposure to these books so you can get in there. Yes. Help develop those mindsets and pick up those nuggets because part of being a prepper is about being very self-analytical. Yes, and you've got to read these books. It helps. I promise you, you learn a lot by reading these books. Yeah. And I have one friend. He says, "Well, I just don't read." And I'm like, "Well, you know what? You're gonna die." Wait, me? <laughs> no, not, not you. Not you. Another friend. And that's one of the terms I say in my meetings all the time. Well, you're just gonna die if you're not in a survival group. You're gonna die. You know, if you don't practice with the, your your tools, if you don't get skills, you're gonna die. I mean, and well, there's a, there's a thing that people need 
to sink, it needs to sink in. Mm-hmm. When something happens, whether it be civil unrest, natural disaster, little green men, I don't care. No one's coming to help you. Right. No one. Exactly. Hey, guys, that's it for our show this evening. Um, please go over to PreppingAcademy.com. Sign up for our mailing list. Uh, we got a huge giveaway going on over there. Um, you can, there's, a, um, say, it, there's a button that says enter into the contest. Uh, what that does, you'll be joining our email list, and you can look at the prizes we're giving away. Also, tell a friend. Uh, about our show, um, if you and anytime you can't um, catch it live, you can always go to um, preppingacademy.com and we have all the archive shows there. Um, into a, and it goes on to podcasts on the Prepper Broadcasting Network. And you know we love your feedback. Um, go to preppingacademy.com and send us some feedback. Um, and catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Well, Kyle, that was a good show. show. I didn't so, talk too much, but that, that's I know. the authors, and that, that's more your game. Yeah. Okay, guys, we'll see you. Today's broadcast has come to you through the courtesy of the Prepper Broadcasting Network. See our hosts, show schedules, archive programs, and more at PrepperBroadcasting.com. Thanks for listening. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. Run to Old Navy right now to get 30 to 50% off all jeans and all sweaters for everyone in the family. Pair your favorite jeans with any of Old Navy's stylish sweaters and get 30 to 50% off from top to bottom. Every pair of jeans is on sale, including Old Navy Rockstar jeans, and so are the season's best sweaters. All jeans and all sweaters are 30 to 50% off now at Old Navy or OldNavy.com. But you better hurry. This deal won't last. Run to Old Navy. Valid 11-2 to 11-8. Has your data been hacked? Do you feel uneasy about the vulnerability of your personal information online? Were you involved in the Target, LinkedIn, or Microsoft data leaks? Don't know? If not, then pay attention. Join Forrest Garvin from PrepperNet for a free webinar on privacy and security. Gain insights into safe internet browsing, VPNs, crafting online aliases, secure emails, detecting if your data has been hacked, and managing passwords. Secure your spot today for this webinar on privacy and security. 
It's free. This webinar delves into comprehensive strategies for bolstering your online privacy. We've got you covered from fortifying your passwords to shielding your financial information and mastering state-of-the-art encryption techniques. We're offering two convenient dates to suit your schedule. Reserve your spot now at PrepperNet.com privacy. Don't let cyber threats erode your peace of mind any longer. Take the first step toward a safer, more secure online experience by joining us for our free webinar. Remember, knowledge is power when it comes to safeguarding your privacy. Sign up now at PrepperNet.com privacy. We'll see you there.